now here's your host, Gabriel Rutledge. Checking. Microphone checking. All right. Rolling. Welcome uh, to the Rutledge podcast. Yeah. Did you see I changed it, everybody? Did you see I changed the name? Did you notice? Mom. 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 Dad. Did you did you see I changed the name of the podcast? I did. Uh, I mean, I think Christy still might be on sometimes. My spouse and former co-host uh, for the Rutledge's podcast. But she's not going to be on very often. In fact, since I said she was going to be on sometimes, she's been on once. And that was only because she wanted to talk about how I shit my pants. And I can't shit my pants. Every week, I've tried. Can't be done. Uh, I used to, when I used to do a solo podcast, I called it Happiness Isn't Funny with Gabriel Rutledge, which was fine, but it also kind of messed up the internet searches for my book called Happiness Isn't Funny, True Stories of a Road Comic, uh, available now on Amazon. Kindle or paperback. My son, uh, Johnny, who just turned 19, he, he said, can I read your book? Because I told him not to when he was like 13. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I want to talk about it, but you can read it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, anyway, so I just decided, hey, it's not the Rutledges anymore. It's the Rutledge which sounds like a hotel. Is this your first time uh, staying at the Rutledge? Oh, great. You're going to love it. Our hot tub works sometimes. And we do have room service. Uh, Do you like chicken or beef-flavored top ramen? Beef, excellent choice. I would say no one likes beef-flavored top ramen. Uh, But... Olive, my daughter does. I mean, Top Ramen, is there anything worse for you nutritionally than Top Ramen? But she loves it. I mean, we try not to give it to her constantly because it's like, I don't know. It's like eating melted plastic. Uh, But she loves it. Beef, specifically? Gross. I tried to buy better. I tried to buy, like, fancier ramen. She's like, no, that tastes like food. I want top ramen, like they serve at the Rutledge. Anyway, so uh, this podcast is called The Rutledge now. It doesn't matter. It's the same feed. It's the same everything. Nothing changed. I changed the picture to a coloring book picture of me with no words on it. Uh, And I say it's going to be temporary. When I put it up, I'm like, I'll just put this up for now. Maybe make a nice logo later, but I won't. Uh, Anyway, thanks for still listening to the Rutledge. That sounds dumb. It's too late. I have a hard time uh, even describing this podcast to people when they ask, like after shows, they're like, oh, you have a podcast? Like, what's it? uh, Do you, um..." it was easier when... It was with Christy, and I would say, oh, it's me and my wife telling stories, uh, shooting the shit. 
that was a little easier to explain, but you know, they're like, oh, is it, do you interview other comedians? No, no, not really. Oh, do you talk about current topics of the day and news stories? Not very often. <laughs> what do you do? I'm not sure. I, I fill space with words. Sometimes I play clips from my comedy shows. They're like, oh, okay. So no guests, just you talking, not about current events. Yeah, I'm gonna, <clears throat> I'm gonna stick with uh, WTF with Mark Maron. But that sounds good. Good for you. Enjoyed the show. I feel like I'm always an in between. I don't know. I never, I never know how to describe anything I'm doing. Even my stupid comedy. Every way you describe anything sounds terrible. Actually, I just did a, a, a barbecue show. I did an outdoor show with my pal Mike Coletta, longtime listener, first-time listener to the Rutledge, Mike Coletta. Uh, we did this show, and the woman who booked me was like, I really like your comedy because it's like family comedy but with an edge. And I'm like, where the fuck were you for all my bios my whole life? That's the elevator pitch of, of me. It's like family comedy with an edge. Uh, anyway, I never know how to describe anything. And I never, you know, if I was all edge, that's more marketable. If I was clean, that's marketable. I mean, I, I am marketable, but it's still, you know, it's just kind of in between. What's the target demo? Oh, he, <laughs> Gabriel Rutledge? He's for everyone. I mean, that sounds like shit. That's, that's the same way Top Ramen's for everyone. You know? Art isn't supposed to be for everyone. Uh, but that's what I'm doing. But definitely not my podcast. The numbers have shown my podcast is not for everyone. It's for some. In fact, if I start getting too many listeners, I... Um, I start blocking people. I don't think you can. I don't think you can block listeners, but <clears throat> I would have a few times in my life. Uh, this is going to be one of my last morning daytime podcasts that I get to record in a while, uh, and I like my podcasts. Like I like my women in the morning. Binge listening to old episodes till I get kind of sick of it, and then I have to take a break. Uh, it's my son Johnny's last day of, of school today. His last day of public education today. Uh, the other kids have another week, excuse me. <clears throat> Still have allergies. Uh, the other kids have another week. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm actually recording a couple days early, earlier than I normally do uh, on a Tuesday just because uh, he's going to be home tomorrow. But I just, I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm driving him to school today for the last time. And he was like, he said to me, he was like, I don't, I know this is supposed to be significant, but I don't, it doesn't feel that way. And so I, I, I did, I quickly had a discussion with him about that's life. You know, these things in, in your head that, uh, 
are supposed to be these pivotal moments in your life. They are, and you look back on them different than you experienced them. But also, everything's kind of anticlimactic, you know? Whether it's having sex for the first time or graduating from high school or, or uh, you know, getting married. All those days, right after the thing happened, I was like, huh, okay. Yeah, that was cool, but uh, not nearly as life-shattering and altering as I thought it was going to be. Sex is the only one I'm like, I should do that again. Graduated from high school and getting married. I was like, thank God that's over. The woman I was with said, thank God that's over. JK, she's my wife. But yeah, man, I just can't believe. It's, uh, when you know, we always have tons of pictures around and they come up in Facebook memories and it's like everything has a soundtrack now. Every baby picture of him is like, that's in the cradle in the sail, the spoon. I'm like, oh, shit, it's over. When you're coming home, dad, I don't know when. I'm doing comedy in a strip mall two time zones away. I was, uh... I guess I won't say his name. There's a comedian. He's older. He's in his 60s. Uh, I don't know him well, but I follow him on uh, Facebook. And he was he was talking about, he has adult children now, and he was talking about how hard it was to be a comedian dad, and he missed a lot of stuff. And, you know, he was talking about how his daughter was in plays, and he had to miss a lot of the performances, but he would, like, go watch the dress rehearsals. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, that's me. I've done that. Hey, I'm not going to be here on Saturday, but uh, I am going to, Thursday after school, I'm going to watch your dress rehearsal. Oh, the cat's in the, fuck that song. Uh, but he said, you know, he was saying, hey, you know, it was sort of a reminiscing looking back post. I have this great relationship with my adult children. They're very, I'm glad it all worked out and, you know, I don't regret it because I had a great life and. Um, you know, I would talk to my kids after they got home from school for like an hour a day when they were younger. And my first thought was, oh, shit. I felt called out. Like, oh, I don't do that when I'm on the road. And then I'm like, wait a minute. My kids don't want to fucking talk to me for an hour a day after they get done with school. I try to talk to them on the phone now and they don't talk to me. They're like, yeah, we got shit to do. I mean, I have some memories of, you know, when Johnny was really little. This is even before FaceTime. He would, I'd be like driving through the Midwest somewhere, and he'd take me to the backyard with him and like play, and I'd sort of play with him on the phone. One time in particular, it lasted like an hour and a half to the point where I'm like, I didn't want to break up the magic, but I'm also like, I got to stop and pee and have a snack. This is getting too long. But So there, of course, I communicate with my children when I'm gone. Uh, but I, I'm like, well, I'm not going to feel guilty for not talking to them an hour a day about how their day at school is. They don't want to tell me how their day at school was when I'm home. Why would they want to tell me when I'm gone? Uh, that's been a very big surprise for me. 
as a, uh, you know, as I worried, as I spent a great deal of my life worrying, uh, as a dad, as a parent, what am I doing to these fucking kids by doing this for a job? I mean, the same shit. It's not exclusively comedians. Any job that travels a lot, any job you got to fly somewhere or drive somewhere, whatever it is. Truckers, military, you know, forest fighters, forest fighters, forest firefighters. I like forest fighters. What do you do for a living? I'm a forest fighter. I punch the fuck out of trees. I'm sick of them. Uh, anyway, any there's a multitude of jobs you have to be gone all the time. Or even if you're not traveling, just jobs with crazy hours. If you are in the restaurant business, you miss a lot of plays because you're working during evening hours. You know, um, so this is not exclusively a uh, a road comedy problem, but uh, I I really have been pleasantly pleased about how little my lifestyle has affected my children. Sure, occasionally they don't want me to leave. But really, it's like, hey, I'm going to leave early tomorrow morning. I'm, I'm not going to be back till Monday. They're just like, okay, they don't give a shit. They don't give me an extra hug. They don't say I'll miss you. And I don't even mean that like they don't care about me. It's just such a routine part of their life. And if I want to look at it positively, I think it's because they're not, they feel loved. They feel loved from me. They don't, they're not desperately missing something uh, from me. And so they're just like, yeah, whatever. We'll see you on Monday. Why are you making a big deal about it? Um, And that does feel that's nice. That feels better than I, I... I worried, you know, when Johnny was a baby and uh, when they were all babies. And, you know, it's... Now, don't get me wrong. It's been very hard on my wife. Because <laughs> she's here by herself taking care of three children. And that's... It's still not easy, but they're old now. When they were young, and some of them were babies, really tough, really hard. Um... And I've done it, I mean, uh, not that often, but the times that I was in charge of three children when they were all pretty small, um, the way I got through it was by not leaving the house. I'm like, oh, it's just a daddy and kids weekend? Yeah, we're not, we're not stepping foot outside the front door. That's how we're getting through this. But my wife does not do that. There's activities and shit to do. And, uh... She's done an amazing job doing that. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that's another reason it's not that big a deal for my kids when I leave is because their life stays so routine and normal because Christy does such a good job being a mom. I mean, I say my kids don't care when I'm gone for a week. Uh, When Christy goes to the fucking store 45 minutes in, they're like, where's mom? Where's mom at? She's at the store. When's she going to be back? I don't know. What... What do you have to tell her? What's what's the thing that can't wait? Uh, so I think she gets a lot of credit for that too. And I was also worried uh, as a younger comedian and as a younger dad, I was worried about the material that I did about my children. I'm re-worrying about it now that my son's going to read 
read a book that he's in. <laughs> Sorry I said he had a really big penis for a toddler. I apologize, but it's better than the alternative. Uh, but yeah, wow, do you hear that rain coming down? Oh, the Washington June. But yeah, I used to I used to worry, you know, I have holy shit. Uh I, I used to worry, you know, jokes about my son being terrible at soccer and all that stuff. And you know, especially when the reality is one of the reasons he was terrible at soccer is because he has like whatever they call it, dyspraxia. I always mispronounce it. Which means he has like some physical delays. Some delays between his brain and muscles. Um, but he doesn't care about any of those jokes. He likes all the jokes about him sucking at soccer. He likes all the jokes about him being an annoying teenager. And same with my daughters. They like all the jokes about them. So it, it, that, that part is... Uh, I have a lot, of, a lot of wasted guilt. <laughs> I worried about a lot of shit that I didn't need to. Um, but that's how life works. You worry about the shit you don't need to, and you don't worry about the shit you should have. So now I spend a lot of time worrying about what I should be worrying about. A worry in the hand is worth two in the bush, my anxious grandfather used to say. I don't know how obvious that rain will be on the audio, but it is just pounding down. Like God's applause. <laughs> That's how big my ego is. <laughs> Rain is God's applause. Uh, also, uh, I should, you know, my son Johnny got a scholarship, um, which was very exciting for the whole family. He got like a $5,000 scholarship, the Todd McDougall Memorial Scholarship, uh, which is, he used to be a teacher at Olympia High School. And uh, that was cool, too, because it's, you know, like I said, it's, uh, Johnny is a very quiet kid. He's not shy, which is odd. Like, it's not, like, stressful for him at all to do, like, an oral book report or something and talk in front of the class, but he does not volunteer a lot of himself uh, to others. He's a shy kid. He does not, he's not that's social, you know, he's not going to go to a dance, he's not going to go to an activity, he's got a couple pals, which is great, uh, he doesn't care about sports, he was terrible when he played sports, so there's not, when you live that kind of life, there's not a lot of kudos you get, there's not a lot of, like, public notice, you know, whatever, he gets good grades, but not, like, 4.0 grades, uh, and so that was cool, that was, it was a really fun moment for the family because he, uh, we were watching, it was like a, I guess it was a, it was on YouTube, but it was like a, a it wasn't live, but it like premiered, it was like an award ceremony that premiered on YouTube. And we knew he was up for a couple of scholarships. Uh, but yeah, just to be sitting there with him and my family and actually we were at my parents' house and, you know, just to, uh, you know, the winner of this scholarship, Johnny Rutledge, was like, holy shit, that's fun. That's fun. And 
And it's fun uh, because the real winner of the scholarship is uh, Christy and I, because that's $5,000 less we have to pay or get someone else to pay. So that's pretty cool, too. We were doing a family game night every Friday in uh, more pandemic y times because <clears throat> uh, no one was ever going anywhere. So we haven't really done it in a while, but we, I was home last Friday. And so we did, and Johnny had made this, uh, I don't even know how much time he must have spent on this, but he made like a Jeopardy game with all the categories and like all the things, and he put it up on the, you know, our TV from his laptop. And, uh, but <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, one of the questions he asked, uh, and I'm still laughing about Olive's answer, one of the questions he asked was, who was the 18th president of the United States? Uh, and, you know, we didn't have buzzers, so we just said our name to see who was first. And the, the hilarious thing is, like, Olive knew, you know, she's 10. She knew the least answers of anyone. But she buzzed in first for every single question. Like, who's the 18th president of the United States? Olive! But she never knew. She finished with like minus 10,000 points. She, she never knew. Uh, wait, who was the 18th president? Now I can't remember. It wasn't Lincoln. 18th president. Ah, who is Ulysses S. Grant? Um, but anyway, so Johnny asked the questions. He's like, Who's the 18th president of the United States? Olive's like, Olive! Like, okay, what's the answer? And then she goes, Applebee's. And we laughed. Applebee's. <laughs> she would just yell random shit out. She said Arby's for some other answer, some other science question. And it wasn't who's got the meats. Something about most dangerous land mammal or some shit. Arby's! Like, all right. <laughs> well, Johnny was 10 like six minutes ago in my mind. And so that's, uh, that's another thing where I'm like, well, uh, it's not that long until uh, my other kids are uh, graduating. Uh, I mean, it is kind of long. It's, you know, another eight years or something until all of them are done, but uh, it's also going to be a very different experience as my daughters go into uh, high school and stuff because they will go to dances. They will care about shit. They will They'll probably date people, you know? Uh, so that'll be, that'll be a different experience. But the important thing is, no matter where I am on the road, every day, they talk to me for an hour after school and tell me how it went. Oh, the cat's in the krill in the... I remember uh, pretty vividly 
some pretty clear memories when I did graduate from high school. Um, uh, I Christy and I were friends. I think we had a little, we had a little, uh, I don't know if it was a romance. We, I don't know. We went to, a, we made out on some playground equipment. <laughs> it was the seesaw. It was really hard to do. It was really hard to do. Is seesaw the right, I, I feel like when I, when I lived in South Bend, Washington, we called it a seesaw, and then I moved to the big city of Olympia, and people called it a teeter-totter. I might have been showing my redneck roots by calling it a seesaw, but uh, no, we, we we were at a party at someone's house, and uh, we did that thing where you you both want something to happen, but you're both too scared to do anything, so you just have like a really awkward, too close conversation for ninety minutes. Uh, instead of kissing. But anyway, we had a little thing. I got, you know, it didn't, you know. I kind of called it off because I was seeing no one else at the time and I was pretty committed to no one. I just kind of got scared. Honestly, I think I was afraid to have sex and I was coming out of being a Christian kid and I knew, oh, this is going to lead to sex because this is a secular woman (laughs) and I am a secular man now. And uh, I don't think I'm ready for that. That sounds terrifying. So I'm not quite ready for that to happen. But anyway, we were we were friends. Uh, Christy uh, still gets annoyed. We didn't go to prom. And I'm like, I don't think we were at that level, but okay. Uh, in fact, many years later, they, ha- they would have these things called makeup proms for adults. And I said to Christy, well, do you want to go to one of these makeup proms? You know? We could go. And she's like, why? So we can be there, with a, be there with a bunch of other adult losers who sucked in high school? I'm like, yeah, that's a fair point. What a moment. What a night that would be. Just 30-year-old people. Finally, I'm at my prom. <laughs> I'm not dry humping anymore. Look at me now. Sexually active. dancing to the same songs you would have danced to if you would have gone to your high school prom. (laughs) Forever young. I want to be forever young. I would have done it. But I I also can see, oh, it's kind of a pathetic thing to do. But uh, anyway, uh, Christy and I were pals then. I remember graduating from high school, so we were standing next to each other in line of the same place Johnny's graduating, which is where he's going to go to college, uh, at St. Martin's University, their pavilion. They have high school graduations there. And uh, so we were standing outside, and everyone's hugging and taking pictures. And I jokingly said to Christy, I'm going to hug the next person I see. And uh, I did, and it was the dad of uh, someone we knew, obviously. And uh, he did not respond to the hug Uh, very well. It was more of a hostage hug. He sort of went stiff, like, what the fuck is happening? Um, But Christy still gives me shit about it. Remember when you hugged Chris Shelton's dad? (laughs) I didn't know it was her dad. It was just some guy, and I was like, oh, what a day, huh? And then I hugged him, and then from behind me, I hear Chris Shelton go, that's my dad. 
they're like, well, maybe you should be hugging him. I got there first. Uh, I remember that. I remember uh, we went to a uh, a senior trip on a boat, like a party boat with no alcohol. And uh, I remember that because there was someone... Christy was very jealous because someone was like talking to me slash flir flirting with me. And she was jealous because we had broken up. Although I don't know if we were ever together enough to break up. But this this is the over, overall thing I remember from the very end of my high school career. As I started, you know, I went to some parties. I wasn't a Christian kid anymore. I went to some parties. I started talking to people I didn't used to talk to. And I I, this, I just had this thought. At the very end of it, I mean, I, I didn't want to do it again, but I still thought, oh, I just learned something about myself at the very end of this experience. And what I learned was, shit, I could have been popular. Like, I was funny. People liked me. I just cut my mullet. Things were happening. Uh, but I was closed off to that experience because of uh, Jesus. Maybe you've heard of him. We used to be pretty tight. And, uh, you know, I had fun in youth group and stuff, too, at church. It wasn't like there was no social activities from that. But just that thought at the end of high school when I start going to parties and having fun and uh, talking to people, I'm like, ah, shit, I could have been doing this the whole time. What the hell was I doing? What the hell was I doing? I was going to youth group like a real dork, like a Jesus nerd. <laughs> I come nobody ever calls them Jesus nerds. I think Jesus freak used to be a term in the seventies, uh, but like you know what I mean. There's like band nerd, band dork, uh, even sports nerd is a thing. Video game nerd, Jesus nerd. That should catch on. But like as a term of empowerment, you know what I mean? Like, not nerd like nerd used to be when I was a kid, like an insult. Like, look at that fucking nerd. I mean nerd like, well, I'm a bit of a comedy nerd, so I know a lot. That's how Christians should talk about their religion. Oh, uh, one thing to know about me is uh, I'm a bit of a Jesus nerd. So, I've read most of the Bible. I have no comedy shows this week because uh, Johnny graduates on Friday. We have a party on Saturday. And then uh, we have a family party on Sunday. Just us. Just a giant pile of Coke. It's Father's Day, so I got to do what I want. And I want to do Coke with my family. Is that so wrong? Okay, can I have one fucking day where we can do cocaine as a family? One day! Jesus. All I do is give. I just want to take cocaine up my nostrils while the kids watch. Actually, I'm trying to get Johnny to drink. I'm a good dad, but he won't do it. I'm like, you want to sip a beer or something? You want a little uh, Kirkland signature whiskey? We can mix it. He's like, no. 
I don't know what he thinks. Like he's going to have one sip and just be like, whoa, I'm an alcohol nerd. Uh, no shows this week. Uh, I'll be in uh, Glendale, Arizona, June 25, 26. Uh, should be a good time. Glendale, which is where the stadium is that the Cardinals play in. It looks like a baked potato from the, an airplane. Uh, I thought I had a private gig on that Sunday coming back, but I do not. That's okay. I didn't need that $1,200. <clears throat> going to have to put that cocaine on credit now. Uh, what else do I got coming up? Uh, July 3rd, I'm in Salem, Washington. Actually, Ki Salem, Washington. No, Salem, Oregon, but it's actually Kaiser, Oregon. Um, a couple of backyard shows you don't need to know about. July 10th, I'm in uh, Wenatchee. Uh, July 15th, Talon, Oregon. July 16th, 17th, Medford. July 18th is my Portland show in the Helium parking lot. Uh, that's enough for now. Um, thank you for everyone who supports this podcast. That's the same podcast that has a new name. Welcome to the Rutledge. Uh, checkout time is never. You live here now. Um, thank you for those of you who support me. If you would like to pay a monthly amount of money to keep this podcast running, uh, you can do that. Other people do. You wouldn't be the first, just so you know. Uh, in the episode notes, it says support this podcast. Click on that for as little as 99 cents a month. Uh, you can do that. Or go to RutledgeRadio.com. Click on the support link. Thank you very much to everyone who does do that. Uh, and if you don't, I still love you. Uh, but remember, this podcast is free and worth it. <laughs> Show's over. We're done. Bye.